everyone and welcome back to SNC Adventures Talk It Out podcast. My name is Sydney Fetkenhauer and today we are sitting down with Annika Major who studied abroad in Quito, Ecuador at Universidad San Francisco de Quito, also known as USFQ. So could you please introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, guys. My name is Annika Major, and I'm a senior here at St. Norbert, and I am double majoring in international business and Spanish. And last semester, I was at USFQ in Quito, Ecuador. Awesome. We're so excited to hear about your experience. So we're going to get started with the questions that we have for you today. Uh, The first one is what made you choose Quito as your city to go abroad in? And what was it like living there and kind of like the vibe of the city? Yeah, so I chose Quito over, well, in Ecuador, because I really wanted to go to South America. I was mainly deciding that um, South America probably was going to have a slightly more different culture to the United States than a European country. Um, So I decided on Ecuador after looking at just the class availabilities at the other programs in South America. And Quito is um, a pretty busy city. It mm-hmm. is the second most populated city in Ecuador. Um, and um, pretty much it's a lot of buildings, tall buildings, lots of public transportation, lots of people walking all over the place. So it was a pretty populated city. Yeah, that kind of seems like a similar vibe to a European city anyways. Mm-hmm. So like with just it being super busy. So um, what was your living situation abroad? Like, did you live with a host family or stay in an apartment? Yeah, I lived with a host family. So my host family included my host mom, my host dad, um, their son, who um, was 22 at the time when I visited, and then their host or a host sister as well. And she's 25 her husband and her kid oh so it was wow, a really fun big family yeah um her son turned two while I was there so he was a pretty small kid mm-hmm. um but I actually started out with a different host family to begin with and it was just my host mom and my host dad there and after a couple of weeks of being there it just kind of didn't have the environment that I was really hoping for. Um, It was just more of a cold environment. I wasn't getting as much out of the culture that I was hoping for. So Mm -hmm. I was able to talk with OPI, the international program over in Quito at the university there. And Mm -hmm. they were able to help me switch to a different host family, which ended up being a lot better in the long run. And I really loved my host family after that. So just a piece of advice for anybody that is abroad, make sure that you are advocating for yourself when you're Definitely. abroad. Because the process being abroad um, really should be about enjoying yourself there and really getting to know a lot more about the culture. Mm-hmm. That is super, super good advice. Um, what kind of classes did you take there and how did the format compare to how classes are here at SNC? So one of the best things about USIQ <laughs> with classes is you never have classes on Fridays. So it's always a long weekend. So our classes were always um, an hour and 20 minutes on a Monday, Wednesday, and Tuesday, Thursday is how the classes typically laid out. And you just always had Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. So that meant like if you wanted to travel to different parts of Ecuador, it made it super easy to be able to just make a really long weekend. Um, so the classes that I ended up taking there were three classes in English and two classes in Spanish. So you do take five classes there as opposed to here at St. Norbert, how we take four classes typically. Um, and 
the Spanish classes that I took were only classes with international students. So mm -hmm. they did have other classes that you could take that were in Spanish, but I just chose um, two more um, literature classes and culture classes. So I took one literature class in Spanish and one culture class in Spanish. And that culture class really opened my eyes to learn directly about what I then was seeing in the culture. Yeah. So I was able to piece it together, which was a really great way to learn more about the culture. Yeah, that is really well said. And then going off your point about having five classes instead of four, that's probably true at most of the study abroad programs, just because the credit system works different. Even at other schools in the United States or in Wisconsin, a lot of times people take five classes. So did you think that it was a lighter course load overall than here? Or how did that compare? Um, I think just going into it, knowing that my classes weren't really going to be affecting my GPA, just knowing mm -hmm. that it's more pass fail really helps me to be okay with taking five classes instead of four classes. The course load wasn't difficult. There were some classes where it was definitely a little bit more time consuming. Mm -hmm. I ended up taking one class by accident. That was like a capstone class. Oh, um, I didn't realize no. it until after I got the syllabus on my first day of class. So it ended up being okay. It was just more out of class work, but then our professor ended up just giving us um, class time to work on it instead. Mm -hmm. So instead of meeting in person, we just met with our groups and did stuff on the project. So it all ended up being um, working out really well. And I didn't feel like anything was too overly difficult. Um, so what are your favorite aspects about the culture maybe that you learned in your class or that you notice in day-to-day -day life and then like the major similarities and differences from the culture here? Oh, I feel like probably the most, well, I guess we can start with what is super similar and what's super different. Mm -hmm. So similarities, I guess, would be more so just um, the idea that a lot of people are um, willing to... I don't know, go to classes and like still do their own thing. But then also there are some people that like skip classes. Mm -hmm. um, it's just more like um, chill and yeah. I don't know how to describe it, but like there's not pressures on like attendance right. or like being on time. Like exactly. that's a big thing. Like I had one friend who consistently was like 20 minutes late to her class mm -hmm. all the time. And she was always like, well, we're talking right now, so it's okay. I'll just be late to my next class. And I felt like <laughs> that was so interesting. Um, That'll give me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Like, what I, are you doing? <laughs> I was like, um, don't you have class right now? She's like, no, it's okay. I don't really need to go to my class. Um, I guess some really major differences, though, for sure, something that I learned in one of my, my culture classes that here in the United States, we're very independent individuals, whereas mm -hmm. in Ecuador, they're more interdependent. Yeah. So like in that kind of instance, like I noticed it for sure with my host family situation, just how we had so many people living in one specific household. Mm -hmm. um, but then also like on the public side of the um, culture being interdependent on the street, it was very in an a very informal economy that was going on within Ecuador. So on the street, typically you would be driving at a stoplight. There would be people that were ready to like spray your windshield and clean your windshield mm -hmm. or um, try to sell you something so that you could give them money. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we were always told as females to make sure right away you tell them, no, like don't, don't clean my windshield because, um, Typically, it's men that are trying to get money, and they will sometimes still force themselves to, like, 
clean your windshield and Mm -hmm. then they'll try to like force you to give them money Mm -hmm. or break into your car. So it's kind of dangerous in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's almost the interdependent economy where some people then will just always just give them like a couple quarters. The differences really are like how individualistic and collective um, the two economies are, the two cultures are, as well as how they're independent and interdependent. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, I feel like many other countries do not realize maybe being in America, but like many more countries are more collective. So it's good to learn about that, especially that you got to like analyze that in class, what you were seeing in real life. Um, We absolutely love talking about food on this podcast. So what Mm -hmm. Ecuadorian dishes did you try or anything unique that um, you were like looking forward to trying or maybe were like kind of caught off guard by and actually really liked? Okay, so there are so many different like main dishes in Ecuador. And one thing for sure that like I felt like was in a lot of dishes, just like as a side, is anything with plantains. Mm-hmm. So like there were patacones, which were essentially like the salty version of the fried plantains, yeah. and then maduro frito, which is like the sweet version of the plantains. Um, and then they also did different things with the plantains. So something called bolón, which is um, a mixture of like plantains. And sometimes they put like chorizo and cheese in it. And it was just like a big ball of it <laughs> all together, which was really good. And it was like kind of fried. Um, and then something else called tigrillo, which was um, like a breakfast version of the plantain mixed with eggs and other things like that mm-hmm. in it. Um, so that was like with the plantains that was all very good there was another really good dish that i tried called seco de pollo Mm -hmm. and that one was usually just like a type of just chicken so either like chicken breast or like chicken leg with um rice and then a type of not gravy but a type of like sauce of some sort on top of it which was also really good something really interesting that I tried. <laughs> um, interesting. I have a story with it too. So um, my host mom was cooking and I was like, oh, like Muddy, what is that? Like, what are you making? And she was like, oh, um, do you want to try it? And I was like, well, what is it? And she was like, no, 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 no. I'll tell you after you try it. That's what it. my host mom would always and say. Try like, it first, then I tell uh, you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I like, it's this kind of soup and it had like, I don't know, like chunks of other stuff in it. So I tried it. I was like, oh, this is interesting. I was like, I think this is meat. I'm like, it tastes, it's kind of like, I don't know, it was like a soft meat. I don't even know how to describe it. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. And I eventually asked her what it is. And she's like, es el estómago de la vaca, Anika, <laughs> and the stomach of the cow. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm eating like cow intestines. And that was called guatita. And that was super interesting. Um, but my host mom kind of, always referred to me as the international student that would try everything because yeah. I was never afraid to try something. I always feel like that's the food very much. I feel like is something that describes a culture and, you know, you get to learn a lot by a culture of mm-hmm. their type of food. Um, so I, I always wanted to try something new and if I didn't like it, okay, well then I don't have to try it again, but you never know if you're going to like something if you don't try it. Yeah. That's exactly how I was. Like I would say, if especially when you live with a host family, just kind of try out anything they want you to, especially to just be nice, but also because <laughs> it's a good experience. And like, if you don't like it, they've, most of them, they've had international students before who 
probably may have been more picky than you. So then you can just tell them and they're not going to be mad. (laughs) But um, did you go on any excursions within Ecuador, any other trips or even um, like adventurous outdoor activities? I know that it has like a great climate and lots of things to do in Ecuador. Yeah. So, well, one thing I want to start out with is that Ecuador has four geographical regions, the Galapagos, the coast, um, the Sierra or the mountains, and then mm-hmm. the Amazon. So Quito is in the Sierra. So in the mountainous area, it's, um, I think it's about just over 9,000 feet in elevation. Um, so it's a pretty high elevated city. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all in the mountain areas. And so I was mainly there to begin with, and I was able to explore a few areas in the Sierra. Um, so obviously like the historical center of Quito I went to, which was really cool. Um, there are some places in there that you have to be careful about just dangers of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a really cool experience to see like the old town, some European influence in the architecture as well. Um, but then they're just out of Quito is um, a mountain called Pichincha. So I that was done our first weekend there, our mm-hmm. first after our first official week of being in Quito. A lot of us international students hiked that with a few mm-hmm. other Ecuadorians and it was a beast. It was really difficult. <laughs> uh, it was so hard. I honestly didn't think I was going to make it up to the top at the and end. And you were a very <laughs> athletic person. Yeah, so. it was so difficult. I don't think, I have no idea how we ended up doing it. I think at the end, once we got to the top, it was like 15,000, like 500 feet of elevation. Yeah. So we hiked up a lot. I think we ended up hiking like about 2,000 feet in elevation gain. And like, okay, so we're in Ecuador <laughs> and I felt like, um, the trails weren't like what you would typically find at like national parks here. Yeah. I feel like national parks here, they typically have it where it's like, oh, this is a really easy trail to walk or at least like um, they're at least a little bit more well known or somewhat yeah. safe or at least if they're not very safe, they kind of warn you ahead of time. There's mm-hmm. like no signage or anything here. And at <laughs> one point, I literally feel like I'm like rock climbing up this thing like and scrambling exactly. up the mountain. And I didn't have any gloves and it got really cold up at the top. Like my hands started not being able to grip the rocks very well. I remember like looking up at the people around me and they're like, give me your hand, I'll help you get up. And um, I literally thought, I was like, if I fall, I'm falling down this entire mountain. I'm like, yeah. I might die. And there were a couple parts where it was just so scary, but it was so cool. Um, definitely, if you ever plan to hike in Ecuador, if you have hiking boots, bring those yeah. and bring some like gloves or something along that line too, because it's going to be a little bit chillier and also just like gripping the rocks is so much easier with gloves on. So I would recommend that. But a few other like excursions that I did, um, we went to Kilatoa, which is like a big like lake kind of thing, I guess you could say that's like into the ground. So instead of hiking up, you hike down to it and then you have to hike back up. Mm-hmm. I also went to Cotopaxi um, and hiked a little bit on um, in Cotopaxi. I think that we got up to about 16,500 feet in elevation. So that one was a little bit higher up. We did find, we hit the snow and once we hit the snow, we're like, we're turning nah. back. <laughs> I was like, I'm not in Wisconsin guys. I'm in Ecuador. I don't need the snow right now. Yeah. Um. So we turned back and um, that one was really cool. Again, I would say hiking boots and gloves are both a must there. I always brought my rain jacket with me whenever we did big hikes like that, just because Mm -hmm. it was an extra layer. And then I never knew if it was going to rain. Um, that's a big thing, especially in the springtime in Quito is just to make sure you always have a rain jacket or an umbrella with you just because you never know when it's going to start to rain. One other really big, um, 
excursion that I did while I was there was I did go to the Galapagos. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. Um, typically, the school plans about two trips, um, bigger trips, maybe one to Peru and one to the Galapagos. So I chose the one to the Galapagos. Um, I would recommend for sure bringing one swimsuit, obviously, but maybe two if you have it. Yeah. Um, sunscreen and aloe is a must. Sunscreen is always a must in Quito, but it's always a must in the Galapagos as well. Um, that one was really cool. It had its own unique experiences to it. Um, we were able to snorkel around San Cristobal, um, and that was really a really cool experience. We got to see a lot of different marine life. Um, and then also I went to Mindo, which is essentially like the Amazon in Quito, mm-hmm. um, or in the Sierra. Um, it's just right outside of Quito and that's like the adventure city. So unfortunately I didn't have my phone at all with me, so I didn't get any pictures of it. Oh, no. Um, but there was this one really crazy raft adventure where I literally was like, we don't have to sign a waiver. We didn't have to do anything. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, if I die doing this and my older sister came to visit me and that's what we decided to do. We went to Mindo and I'm like, if my older sister dies because of me, I'm not going to be able to like ever forgive myself. But it was essentially like we were going down this really fast moving river in this tube of sorts and we had to wear helmets and one of our friends helmets ended up falling off while we were on the river that's terrifying and it was so crazy I I don't even know how to explain it other than just the fact that we were like just free floating down this fast moving river but it was so cool it was such a great experience um and then I went to one other city as well in the Amazon area of Ecuador called Puyo and that was cool in itself, just being able to experience culture within the Amazon part of Ecuador, seeing the flora and fauna there. Um, And I even tried a few dishes there as well. It was all really cool. Awesome. So what is like specifically a favorite memory from your time abroad? Uh, I think, I don't know if I have just like one specific memory, (laughs) but I feel like a lot of my really cool memories revolve around my host family. Yeah. Just like the relationship that I built with my host family in general kind of led to so many different cool memories. They brought me on different excursions. We went to Otavalo together. We went to Puyo together and, um, I think, oh, I went to Puyo once, just my host parents and I, and that mm-hmm. was really cool just to be able to like experience different cultures together. And then being able to talk to my host mom, I remember right before I went to the Galapagos, she told me, Annika, you can't go to the Galapagos without your nails painted. So she came <laughs> to my bedroom and just painted my nails while I was in bed. And um, so it was just more so like the memories that I built with like my host family. Yeah. That it I, sounds like yeah. they really brought you into their family. Yeah. You got to be a part of a family. That's exactly. really cool. Um, on a more serious note, did you have any challenges that you faced abroad? I think probably the main challenge that I, challenge that I faced was within my first couple weeks while being there with my first host family. Um, just because I, um, it just didn't feel right. It was just a very cold environment mm-hmm. and it was brand new. I, um, my host mom never actually showed me how to ride the bus. So I had to figure that out on my oh. own. She tried to explain it to me, but it wasn't all that easy. And coming from a smaller town in Wisconsin where I n- never really had the opportunity 
to use our bus system. Um, I was a little nervous to begin that experience. And without her um, showing me how to actually use it, I was really nervous. So I think it was just all put together. It was just a challenge um, that eventually I was able to kind of just overcome. I lived with a different international student as well while I was there. And we kind of bonded about um, just the difficulty of trying to figure out our host family and how we can move past that into a better environment. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think just by advocating for ourselves, we were able to kind of move past that. Um, did you have any other like travel mishaps or like funny things that happened oh. that were kind of a challenge, but it just ended up laughing about it and being fine? I think it was more so just um, when we were driving, there were a lot of like ups and downs on the roads. So there were a few, <laughs> like lots of curvy back and forth roads. And our host dad really liked to drive fast. So yeah. there were definitely a lot of times where I felt like he was hitting like 120 kilometers per hour mm-hmm. on these turns. And it was just more so just kind of funny. But other than that, I don't think there was anything like, too crazy when we were traveling. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) It's always good to avoid those things. Yeah. So for our last question, do you have any advice for future study abroad students in general, this upcoming J term and spring semester, and for students in the spring who are looking into studying at USFQ specifically? I think my advice in general and for USFQ specifically would probably be pretty much the same. And it Mm -hmm. would be to really focus on expanding your cultural awareness by really interacting with locals. Mm -hmm. And instead of, obviously, I know at USFQ, the school is really good about making all the international students feel included with each other. And they um, have a lot of activities where all the international students come together. But I think it would be a great opportunity to force the person studying abroad to focus on meeting people outside of the international students, because Mm -hmm. that's how you really learn about the culture. And that's how you get the most out of it is by really immersing yourself into the language and immersing yourself into the country um, that you plan to go to or the program that you're planning to go to. Um, And just meeting other people, you will be able to experience so much more and get so many more opportunities. Yes. So thank you so much, Annika, for sharing your experience with us. You're so like knowledgeable and well-spoken about your time abroad and gave such good advice. So shout out to Annika. Thank you again. And see you next time for more adventures.